Hello, welcome to the Lean of Plants podcast. My name is Chelsea, and if you are struggling to lose weight on a plant-based diet, then this podcast is for you. While there are thousands of books, podcasts, and resources about the benefits of a plant-based diet, the reality is that being vegan does not guarantee losing weight. If you are feeling frustrated and confused about where to start, or you know exactly what you should be doing, but you just can't seem to rustle up enough willpower to do it, then keep listening. In this podcast, you'll learn the truth about plant-based weight loss, but just as importantly, how to use proven methods of behavioral change to turn what you know into lifelong habits that lead to getting and staying lean. Can't wait to get started. Let's do this. Welcome to the Lean of Plants podcast. We're going to be talking in this episode about systems and environmental changes that influence our behavior in a massive way. And these are subtle things that can change that are going to have a huge impact on our behavior. And before you turn off the episode and go, okay, that sounds exceptionally boring, systems and environment, blah, blah, blah. The reason that this matters so much is that we really, really struggle to get consistent with our diets. And consistency, as you know, is vital to actually get and stay lean because we have to do the thing. We have to eat the vegetables for a long enough period to actually see results. If you're sitting here, walking here, doing the dishes, whatever you're doing, listening to this episode, and you have dieted at any point in your life and you are not where you want to be right now in terms of your habits and your weight loss, which is a result of your day-to-day habits, it's most likely because you have been doing something that you couldn't do long-term and you couldn't get consistent enough to actually get to that goal. And so consistency is one of the most important things after we understand what to do to lose weight, which I do talk a lot about in uh other episodes of the podcast but I don't want to focus on that today and I mean we'll get into some practical stuff but what I've observed is that in terms of consistency there tends to be two main reasons that we really really struggle so the first one is that even though we want to change even though we're motivated and we're in pain and we're thinking about what it would be like to you know be able to put on a bikini and feel confident and we don't like how we look in the mirror even though we want it so badly the systems that we have don't support long-term change or this is where probably I think a lot of people listening will be the systems that we do have are changing without us even realizing so we set up some new systems we set up some new habits and we find ourselves slipping off So what I want to do today is look at five subtle changes that can happen to your system and to your environment that can have a massive effect on your behavior that are going to stop you getting consistent. I'm going to say you, me, whoever. It stops us getting consistent. And then we want to talk about how to actually combat that to create unshakable default behaviors that are going to help us to not only lose the weight and keep it off, but actually stay lean as well. And if you're listening to this podcast, like I know a lot of people do, because you're interested in how to apply these kind of concepts to other areas of your life. It is exactly the same. Wanting to write a book, start a YouTube channel, fitness habit, whatever you're trying to do, these things still apply. They are so vitally important. And 
what I think is important to understand about this is that it's not like when we're creating these new habits or we're trying to set up a new way of doing things that we're just trailblazers. We're not just going into the forest and going, hey, I'm going to cut down all the trees and the, the reeds and I'm going to wade through the bushes and we're going we're gonna to form this like lovely little path and every step that we take, even though it's hard, we're moving in the right direction. Unfortunately, I wish habit change was like that, but it, it isn't. It's actually so much harder than that because we have this opposite force that is pulling us towards the path of least resistance to what feels comfortable, to what we know and to the things that we've already created habits for. And this is why change is so flipping hard because we're not just blazing that new trail, we're actively in battle with the habits and the environment that we already have around us. There's this Netflix movie, it's called Annihilation with Natalie Portman. It's a sci-fi, I quite like it actually. And basically what happens is there's this, something kind of comes down to earth. It's like this dome that goes over this certain kind of area. And they're, they're sending all of these people into this dome, or into this like they, they go through this kind of clear barrier. And then once they go in, they lose communication with them and they can't, they can't get anyone back from it. No one's coming back from it. So the military decides to send in this group of women. Natalie Portman's like the, the main character. Anyway, it's a bit of a, it's, I wouldn't say it's a horror. It's definitely not a horror. It's a sci-fi, it's a thriller. There is some quite horrific moments in it. But they're basically battling with the environment. So this, this thing that is existing to create this new kind of system that they enter into is it's working against them and I don't want to give any spoilers away because you might watch it um, but that's that's kind of what's happening here and I think I think it's really important that we understand that is that we're not just trying to create good habits we're also trying to com combat our current ones and what influences them and when we understand the mechanisms we can address them and knowledge is power in this situation because what I've seen time and time again, and I, I see this in my own life as well, is that we don't have real data. We don't have real understanding of what is influencing our behavior. And therefore, we try and change the wrong things that never had much influence. We're trying to change our willpower. We're trying to get more dedicated. We're trying to somehow find more motivation. And we're doing that without actually getting to the root causes and cutting off these things and changing these systems that are dragging us back to really the, these people or this person that we want to leave in the past so that we can become someone new. So that's why it's important, right? So it sounds boring, but it's actually really exciting. It's really important. And when we think about systems, there's this little video that I saw on Instagram the other day, and they it was basically a joke for programmers and coders and this guy was saying to his friend, can you, this friend was like, hey, I'm going to the store. Do you want me to get anything? And so the other guy says, yes, please. Can you get some bread? He's like, okay. Can you get a loaf of bread? Yep, sure. Okay. And if there's bananas, get four. And so then the friend comes back and he's got four loaf of bread because there was bananas at the store. And it's, I thought it was really funny. And it's, it's really just this, kind of example the story of if if or 
uh, kind of like this formulaic way of thinking about things. So if X, then Y, right? So if there's four bananas, get four loaves of bread. Obviously, that's not what the guy meant, but it's a really kind of funny way of looking at how these kind of systems work, or at least for me, how I kind of reconcile systems in my mind and think about them, that it's kind of like software, that when we click a button to open up an app on our phone, we get a predictable outcome, we get to the home screen, we don't get to some random other page unless there's bugs there. We when we open up our computers, we get to the home screen, we put in the password, the password predictably, if it works, gets us into the home screen, right? We've got all of these things. And so humans are not actually all that different. We have got all of these predictable triggers, we've got all of these kind of systems that our brains go, okay, so in this scenario, I'll do this. When she's on her period and she's stressed and there's no food in the house, she's going to go and get takeout. And these are here really so that we can get on with our lives because if we didn't have these kind of autopilot mechanisms, we weren't creating these systems and these habits in our brains, then we'd constantly have to be making decisions from scratch every time a new decision came up, which would be every single second of every moment of every day. And that would waste so much time. We would never be able to get ahead. We would be, we would have died out by now. So it's really important. So when I talk about these five subtle system changes, these are things that are going to change the way that you act and your behavior because they've changed some kind of trigger or they've made, they've kind of thrown a bug in the work. And so for especially for the people who you feel like you've made changes and you've tried to do things and you've got an idea of what you need to do in order to be successful, I want to proposition to you that most likely some of these five system changes are what are holding you back so I'm going to stop waffling about it now I just wanted you to understand the power of it the first one is changes in your routine or schedule and this happens all the time and I kind of realized this the other day because my kids are home from the holidays like or not from the holidays they are home from school right now it's the school holidays we've just had Christmas and I've also been busier than I normally have. And so I've been working different hours. I've been working longer hours. I've been sometimes working through lunch. And I've realized over the past couple of months how much my consistency has shifted. And I don't, I couldn't really place my finger on it. Because we went to America and when we came back in May, which is quite a few months ago now. And when I first came back, I got very, very consistent with my eating. I had gained a couple of pounds like about four pounds when I was in the states and then because my consistency was so high when I got back I was eating tons of potatoes tons of broccoli tons of veg really like staying at home all the time and I lost that weight very very fast because my routines and my schedule my system were supporting that and then in the last couple of months things have changed again I got very busy I made some changes in Uh, my business and my lifestyle and you know we're trying to sell uh, a couple of well we're trying to sell a house right now which is like it's huge like we're getting ready for open homes every weekend and all this stuff and it it was really hard for me to actually recognize that something had shifted that was now meaning I couldn't eat these big bowls of food I would get hungrier I didn't have as much stuff prepped This could be as simple as getting up later or earlier than you normally do, 
any kind of subtle changes in your routine or your schedule can actually have a huge knock-on effect to your consistency. We're not going to talk about how to fix that right now, but it's so important to understand that this is a huge factor, even though it can be very small, like the difference between a couple of hours change in your routine or just being a little bit busier, right? Secondly is change in seasons. And another one that I didn't realize until recently because I would get consistent with one system and I'd have these foods that I would eat and then it would shift and it was because in New Zealand at least we've got seasonal availability of food. And so things that I would rely on like having broccoli would suddenly just go. And now I, there's different things that are in store. I, you know, broccoli's just gotten really, really expensive or it's not available at all. You want to cook differently because it's now either hotter or colder. So you just think about how, how hard this is when you are trying to create consistency. You're trying to get into habits because habits take time to create. They are not things that you're going to forge over a six-week period or even a couple of months. Like They're things that you have to do for the long term. They definitely don't take weeks. They definitely don't take days. And so if in the course of, let's say, three months or even a couple of months, your food supply is constantly changing and your weather is constantly changing, think about how much that's going to affect what you eat and what you buy and what you have available and what you cook. How crazy is that? that just the changing season could make or break potentially our consistency and we probably have never even thought about it before. I'd never thought about that. The third one is something we've all experienced and that's is internal changes. So this is internal triggers to how we feel mostly. So feeling more stressed, having anxiety, feeling depressed, feeling really happy, right? Just any kind of change from the normal can have a huge influence on what we choose to do because we're now influenced by different triggers. If you're really happy, if you're going through this period where you're super content and you don't feel in pain and that you're not happy with how you are, you are, you know, you, you're not thinking about this kind of person that you want to be. There's not this pull or this motivation to act in a certain way you're going to probably get complacent and your habits are most likely going to slip because you don't have the same amount of willpower to get to that goal anymore because it's just not as painful. Like we're very influenced and driven by pain avoidance. Kind of crazy, right? Like to think that it's not just being sad and getting your period that's going to affect your behavior. It could just as easily be being really happy. Seasonal affective disorder, low motivation, depression, being sick, being really fit, right? Getting fit, that's going to change some things in your system. Being unfit, experiencing grief or prolonged sadness, being content, like I talked about. Listening to podcasts, books, YouTube videos, being influenced by different mindsets or ideas. If you are a Dave Goggins fan who is considered the hardest mother ever on the planet, who runs ultra marathons and was, was a marine and just says like do the hard things like nothing can hurt me his book's called nothing can hurt me i have not read it uh it's mostly because it's just very full of swear w- words and i i just haven't opened up that can of worm yet um i'm a bit more conservative as you can probably tell because this podcast is, is clean anyway 
if you're listening to something and if you're being influenced by ideas that are different and you're being challenged on things, then that's also going to change your behavior, right? You think about it. If you are listening to someone or being influenced by someone who's like, go hard, like achieve what you want, like no excuse, that's going to hit really different than someone who's like, you know what, like you don't, you don't need to change, like love yourself where you're at, accept yourself, uh, you know, don't do anything out of your comfort zone. And I'm not saying that either of those things is right or wrong. I'm just saying that we're, we're being influenced all the time in subtle ways that we don't even realize. And these internal changes can have a big effect on how our behavior is. This could be also as simple as just your preferences changing. So I get hyperfixation on or on foods that I really like. Um, so like my hyperfixation food at the moment is this capsicum or bell pepper pasta, and it's got a ton of veggies in it, but it's it's blended with cashews and it's put over on like spiral pasta. And I I love it. I love eating this. I feel like I could eat it probably three times a week or more. Um, And I also love this kind of chickpea mash stuff. And I'll eat those foods for a couple of months and then I'll most likely get sick of them. So if there's nothing else for me to eat and fall back on once I'm over my hyperfixation foods, then that's going to have a change on, you know, what do I do now? What do I do next? What do I eat? when I don't want to eat the food that I've been relying on for the past six months. Internal changes are probably one of the things that have the biggest influence on our behavior, but we don't really consider. And a lot of the time, internal changes are outside of our control. This does not mean that our reaction to them and our response to them is out of our control. It just means that what's happening inside of us is... We, we, we really need to be aware of how we manage those things. And like I said, I'm going to get into some of that really soon. The fourth one is change in external circumstances or environment. So we know that big changes in environment like moving a city or getting married uh, have huge changes on our behavior. There's actually studies that show that weight gain is a predictable, it's predictably correlated with getting married right? Which is kind of funny. And it's got nothing to do with hormones or uh, biology. I mean, everything has, everything's interconnected, but it's not that magically when you get married, suddenly calories are more calorically dense, right? That four grams of fat when you eat one calorie of fat is now eight grams. It's like, it's nothing magical like that. It's just that when we have these changes in behavior, it is going to change us. So we know that these big changes in external environment, sorry, when we have this, we, we recognize that, we understand that, but we can have su- subtle ones, little things that are going to change things as well. So this could be a friend group change. This could be hanging out with some people more than you have or less than you have. It could be changes in the amount of expendable income that you have, either up or down. See, these are the this is the thing. It's not necessarily that it's a negative or a positive. It's just a change. If you've got more expendable income than you have had previously, you're going to most likely feel like you can go out to eat more, that you can buy more expensive ingredients. If you've got less, that's going to influence that as well. 
So changes in who lives in your house or how often people come, if you've got another kid around, if the kid changes schools, right? New responsibilities that you could have or less responsibilities, something not being in the fridge, running out of an ingredient and going like, you know what? I have oats every morning and now there's no oats in the fridge. I mean, there's no oats in the cupboard. What do I do? It's a change in our environment that is so small and that could change your entire day. Having different foods in the house because there's a birthday party coming up or there's Christmas or there's someone else's staying. Small, tiny changes that could make or break our behavior. And they do. This is the this is the scary part that all of these things seem small and they're happening constantly. And we we don't seem to a lot of the time get past them. Now, the fifth one is more of a result than anything else, and that is that our habits change. So Things that we were once doing start to change. And then that changes more and more other other behaviors, subsequent behaviors. So that could look like you were once weighing yourself and now you stop. You stopped you stop cooking with as many vegetables. You start buying sweets or chips. So this slip in habits or this habit change is mostly when we've had some kind of environmental or system change that then goes on to change them and the other thing with habits that's really important to understand is that until we've done something for a quite a long time like months and our systems actually support those things happening consistently then they will slip by default because we're being pulled in the opposite direction so think of this like where it's almost like climbing up a rock wall and imagine that you're you're climbing up this rock wall but you've got this person who is grabbing your foot and so while you're cl- actively climbing and that person is kind of grabbing at your foot you can make enough gains to climb up that wall it's going to be slow it's going to take time but once you get to the top and that person's left behind then you're most likely going to be able to maintain that unless you don't change your systems or your systems change so if you're sitting on the top of that rock wall and now a big gust of wind comes or someone pushes you off or like your shoe slips because it gets worn out or whatever it is then you can go right back to where you where where you've started from so you need to have these two very key things you need to have time in building your habits and you must have a system that actually supports your habit change So (laughs) with all of that being said, how can we actually combat that is that we must have systems that are easy, obvious, attractive and satisfying because this is how we change and create new habits. James Clear talks about this in his book Atomic Habits, which if you listen to the podcast, you know I'm a huge fan of and a lot of what I talk about is based on the concepts outlined in his book. And we have to understand that if we are trying to create habits that are not easy, obvious, attractive and satisfying, then we are, we are making it harder for ourselves to succeed because we are allowing there to be more pull backwards. We've also got to have clearly defined habits and systems that are not going to be dependent on these changes. So this is one of the most important things here is that when we've actually made them easy, obvious and satisfying, we define what they are 
And we have things in place so that no matter what else is going around, no matter if you are sad, if you are really, really happy, if someone is that you love is staying over or not, if the season changes, you have a few core things that don't. So this is where you're creating almost like this, this solid rock, this foundation that is unshakable. And that's, that's a huge part of change, but that has to be easy, obvious and satisfying so that you can actually make it unshakable. Okay. And then having backup plans for when things get difficult. So we can't always function at optimum strength. We're not always powered up. When you think about playing Super Mario back in the day on Nintendo, there's times when Super Mario is all charged up and he's like, he's loving life and he's pumped up and he can go and, you know, run around really fast and sometimes fly and do all this stuff. But sometimes he will hit into like a, a mushroom or those carnivorous looking plants things and there's things that touch him that if he gets too close to he loses power and if you lose too much power in the game Super Mario what happens then you reset and you go back to the start and you have to start the level again so it's kind of the same kind of thing you're not always going to be operating at full strength so you've got to have a bit of a backup plan and you've got to have some kind of contingency for when those moments happen because most of the time, our systems are set up to only support us when everything is going really well. And this is how you have the biggest bottleneck. This is where most diets fail miserably, is they only work when someone is incredibly motivated, incredibly uh, needing to change, desperate to change, and short term. And then the minute the wind changes, we go back to our old habits because we've been pulled back to them so quickly. I'm going to get into these all in a deeper level in a moment. We're just going to go over them for now. The last one that I want to talk about that is so important is having some kind of accountability. Accountability is vital because it is an external factor that is not influenced by changes around us. So it's again, it's like having this anchor where all of these other things can be changing, but you've got things that don't. So when you're thinking about this from that, that first system change that we talked about, where your systems that you're trying to create must be easy, obvious, attractive, and satisfied, satisfying, this is where you, you're really wanting to make a system that is going to feel doable for the rest of your life. And most people fail in their diets and getting consistent long term because the system changes that they make are too hard or they're uncomfortable or they're unsatisfying or they're unstable and so I kind of think about this like the story of the three little pigs and you've got the house of straw the house of sticks and the house of bricks and humor me <laughs> while we go through the different kind of examples of these different houses when it comes to dieting and as you're listening to these three things I want you to think about which one of them relates to you most. Which one do you identify with most? And we'll do a little, a little bit of a litmus test at the end of that. The first one is straw. So if you think about that first pig and he's building this house of straw, this is where you're dieting. You're probably not eating enough food. You're calorie restricting to the point where you feel hungry. You're relying on willpower to stay consistent. Like you have to have a ton of willpower. It was probably something that you started on Monday and 
you're you know white knuckling it to try and actually get to the next meal you're probably having to spend a ton of time prepping or cooking with food that is expensive or there's hard to find ingredients there's maybe meals that you don't really enjoy or find all that satisfying and then you're focusing on the outcome and results rather than whether you could actually create these habits and these processes for life so this is where most of us have been for most of our dieting history is this house of straw and so we're doing something where we're so focused on that outcome we just want to build the house as quickly as we can we just want to walk through the front door and be done get to our goal weight fit into that wedding dress and not really think about whether this is going to last the test of time and so the house of straw litmus test is could I see myself doing this for the rest of my life And if you're in a diet right now that you can't, it's inconceivable that you do this until you're 80 years old, then you're probably living in a bit of a house of straw. House of sticks. This is kind of the middle ground and I think this is probably where most people who listen to this podcast are if you're not at your goals yet or if you're struggling to get consistent with them. And so this is where people tend to be eating mostly whole foods and they are you know, mostly enjoying what they're doing while they stay consistent. They're probably eating enough, but not to the point where they feel like they could eat a bit more. Like they're maybe not super confident about how much food that they should be eating. Um, They're worried about whether, you know, they're eating too many carbs or potatoes. And this is where I see people get a bit too complex with how much prep they do or how long it takes to prep and they don't tend to bring food with them when they leave the house there's not really a lot of accountability in this or maybe there's no skin in the game where if you don't stay consistent someone else is going to know about it or um, there's going to be consequences to staying consistent or not staying consistent that are actually going to be quite painful uh This is where I quite often see people, uh, their environment is not really intentional to their success. So they'll be keeping treats and cookies and they'll be buying food for friends and family in their house. And friends and family don't really know that there's been a change taking place. They might know that this person diets on and off, but they don't actually know that this person has made significant changes because they haven't actually, they don't want to be an inconvenience. So they haven't told someone, hey, you know what? Even though there's normally fresh warm cookies and a glass of milk when you come over, I'm not doing that anymore because I've changed. So we're going to have some carrot sticks and there's going to be hummus. And if you want to eat something else, then please do it outside of my house. If that's sounding like a bit like you, then please keep listening because it most likely is. Another thing I see with people who are kind of in the sticks zone is a perfectionism mindset. So they feel like they're a failure if they eat anything, quote unquote, off plan or anything bad and then they kind of tend to alternate between really really good and then binging and struggling to get back on track and litmus test for this kind of house of sticks is this I do really well when things are going well but when they're not I binge or struggle and so this is where I see people get they can't really get consistent long term the difficult or the really frustrating and kind of sad part And like I said, we are going to get into how to change these things, but it's important to understand them. The difference between these two things, the house of straw and the house of sticks, is it feels so worlds apart. 
Like if you were to actually, if you were to one of these three little pigs, or if you were a casual observer to their story, their cautionary tale, if you would actually go and feel the material of some straw, you'd probably go, you know what, this is, this is rubbish. Like, what are you doing? This is going to catch on fire. This is not even, this is going to get damp. It's going to leak. Like, you would know, like, this is, this is wrong, right? Most of us know that traditional dieting methods of going hungry and having to use tons of willpower and cabbage diets and meal shake replacements, most of us know that that doesn't work, that we can't maintain them 1,200 calories a day, counting every calorie and every macro in my fitness pal. We all know that those things don't last longer than a couple of days, maybe at best a couple of weeks. But then we think that the house of sticks is is somehow so much better, but then we can't really get past this long-term consistency and we can't really build these habits. So it's almost like you go along the road, you see the house of sticks, you judge that and you go, you know what, that's not that great. That's really bad. Like, why can't anyone see this? Why is this pig building this house of straw? Yes, he's going to be done really soon, but then it's going to all blow over. But then we see this house of sticks and we're like, okay, that's just so, so much better. But the problem is, as soon as the wind blows, both fall down. Even though the materials or the building blocks are vastly superior, they still don't hold up over pressure. And I hope you can understand the metaphor that I'm trying to make here is that we can have, we can be doing these terrible diets and we we know that. Like, we, I know you're smart. I know you've done this too many times to know that it doesn't work. But we still, and then we, we're trying to make things work with this, with the really good building blocks. Like I would say sticks and wood for the most part is a good building block. It's probably the way that he did it, right? <laughs> Maybe the sticks weren't big enough. It wasn't logs. But even if you're eating a whole foods diet, if you are, you know, you're doing most of the things right. If things go to pieces every time that something changes, these subtle shifts change and your system changes, if we fall apart in this, then we're really not getting any more ahead than what we would if we were just doing these terrible diets. I mean, maybe we are. Like, I, I do believe we are. They're a little bit stronger. But what I want to what I want to say with this is that there is a better way, and that is when we focus on these four things that I've talked about, which is systems that are obvious, attractive, and satisfying, clearly defined systems and habits that are dependent on, not dependent on changes, backups when things are difficult, and accountability. And this is how you create that house of bricks that is not going to crumble every time the wind blows and the big bad wolf comes along and says, I'll blow your house down. So how do you do that practically? And what does that look like? So like I said, your systems are no longer dependent on changing moods. I think it's really important that you have foods that are easy to prep when you are busy because we live busy lives now. I think we always have as a society, but now more than ever and with the with the pull in the other direction that I talked about, that's takeout, that's convenience meals. And if it's easier to go and drive through somewhere than it is to you know, create these really complicated meals that we normally do that we have to do to stay consistent, then in our worst moments, we're going to default into the takeout. So things have to be easy. Compact that with meal systems that you enjoy, that you really, really like, and that are fast. So that would look like minimum prepping and cooking. 
systems for when you actually leave the house so that you've got some foods to eat when you're in that environment that is most likely going to pull you in the opposite direction. Backup meals for when you're busy or when you're really stressed and you don't want to eat your typical potatoes or broccoli or, or your best meal. It's plans or systems when, when you do eat off plan, right? Understanding that we're not going to be perfect, we're going to fail, but that we have ways of actually dealing with that. Understanding that weight can fluctuate overall, but we get these downward trends or we're able to maintain. This is all about that long-term consistency. And focusing on habit change, not outcomes. This is the house of bricks. So the litmus test for the house of bricks, whether this is you or not, and I want to I want to preface this as well by saying that this takes time to create. The house of bricks is is not built in a day. It takes a lot longer than these other two. So you could be well on your way, brick by brick, to actually creating this and not feel uh, this confident yet. But you will get there as long as you're focusing on the things that I talked about. So. In this scenario, you go, I can do this forever and I'm confident I won't gain the weight back. That doesn't mean that you might not gain a little bit back. Like I like I said, I gained weight in the States, but I was able to lose it again. I'm not the leanest that I've ever been, but I'm the leanest that I confidently want to maintain without any added extra effort. So on a really practical level, what that would look like is a simple list of foods that you enjoy and can eat all the time. So what I've found most people who are very successful, and this has definitely worked for me as well, is that they have about about, about five meals that they cook, maybe a few more, that they've cooked a lot, that they know that they always enjoy. And when you've got five that are quite different, then you've kind of covered most situations and most scenarios. Because most of the time we feel like different things on different days and where we struggle is we have decision fatigue because we haven't decided what we're going to do or we don't feel like what we should be doing. So a simple list kind of bypasses this because you go, well, what from this list do I feel like? Do I want a sushi bowl? You know, I love sushi bowls. I just don't feel like one tonight. Okay, could I have like my Mexican chili that I love? Mm, you know what? I want something feeling a little bit more fresh. Could I have noodles? No, I don't really feel like that right now for the same reason. Like I want something that's more fresh. I want something that's a bit more cold. Uh, could I have, you know, some pasta or whatever it is? And so, I, I mean, I don't have tons of recipes. I don't have tons of things that I cook. I have slight variations on the things. I make it stir fry and I make it differently depending on what ingredients I have and what seasons, what seasons there are. And can you kind of see how this is tying into this not being dependent on these changes, right? Because there's this definition there, this flexibility there where if the seasons change, I can still cook that meal, right? So a simple list of food you can eat, enjoy all the time. Don't fall into the trap of thinking that you need 20 different meals uh, and that you need to have a meal plan and that you need to have another recipe book and that's going to solve all your problems. I want you to put your hand up right now if another recipe ebook has ever solved your consistency issues. I don't see any hands up, so I'm gonna I'm gonna assume no. All right. <laughs> um, prep system that is fast. So this is another place that I see a lot of people struggle is that their prep system is just too complicated. So they'll be doing things like cooking 
and, and pl- please, if what you're doing is working for you and it feels might feel complicated for me, then that doesn't that doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong. This this is for people who are are doing things and it's not working, right? If what you're doing is working, please keep doing it. If it's like I said, if it's if it's easy, if it's obvious, if it's attractive, if it's satisfying, and it works for you, keep doing it. Doing it. But what I do often see is a prep system that has too many steps or it's too big, as in people think that they have to prep for a couple of hours on a Sunday and it's overwhelming so you don't do it. Or if you don't have the hours in that day, then it misses out and it becomes this huge bottleneck. So what we want to do instead is have, you want to have a very wide opportunity as opposed to a small bottleneck for you to still stay consistent so we're trying to we're trying to open up this the possibilities for you to stay consistent with as as little amount as prep or as little amount of effort as easy as possible so that if something comes in the whole system isn't wiped out like that's what we're, we're trying to avoid here we're trying to create create systems where we're not bottlenecking ourselves so what I do, for example, is I will cook up potatoes when I know that I need them. And that's really easy for me because I can do it while I'm cooking a meal. So I'll just put the oven on, prick a couple of potatoes and shove them in. Or I can cook them in the microwave or I can steam them. And it's something that it, I buy washed potatoes. And so it doesn't take me, it doesn't, and I don't wash them. And so I just, I just shove them in a steamer and I put water in it. And I walk away and I come back when they're done. So it's something that takes two minutes as opposed to a couple of hours. And so then I've got those potatoes ready so I can throw them in the air fryer. I've started uh, doing this kind of chickpea mash. It's what I'm liking at the moment. It's a bit of another hyperfixation meal. But I make that up and it takes me about five minutes mashing some chickpeas. It's got a little bit of peanut butter. Uh, I'm putting out a recipe uh, at some point. (laughs) Bear with me. But anyway... I, I love that right now and it's something that I can add to salads. It's really quick. I also cook up things like edamame. And so what I've seen most people who get really successful do is they have a prep system around their starches and getting veggies ready. And that is really all you need to do. I don't I don't believe that you need to be spending hours on your prep system. It really should be something that takes a couple of minutes. And then a system for getting back on track quickly. So this is what do you do when you do fail and a lot of this is to do with how you view it not seeing failure as this really huge big deal just seeing it as opportunity to learn and opportunity to modify your system so if you if you're feeling like you're failing all the time that's a chance to look at your system and change it that's a chance to go hey why why am I being pulled back so often I'm striving my way forward and this force is pulling me back. It's winning the battle. Why? Like how do I change my strategy? Not how do I change me? Not how do I stop this from existing? But how do I make it less powerful? How do I make my environment and my systems easier, more obvious, more satisfying? So that that is not a big deal anymore. I don't have this thing hugely pulling so we're trying to eliminate some of that. So getting back on track quickly is all about realizing that it's just a system issue. And so you're focusing on what your clearly defined habits are when you want to get back on track. So that should, I mean, I, I see this as something that, you know, people who are really successful 
are just better at getting back on track quicker and they're better at using that as a learning experience. And that's that's just a mindset. And also practice because we've got to actually do it. And then some backup meals for when the poo hits the fan. So think about things that you're going to be able to eat when you are needing either really, really quick. So meals that you can cook up in five minutes or less. I like things like noodles that I put a ton of veggies in and uh, like a stir fry uh, you know, beans and uh, some packet rice and like a quick tomato salsa or something like that, some kind of Mexican salad bowl. It's really just having meals that when these things happen in your system that you can eat and you're still mostly on plan. You're mostly eating the kind of foods that are going to get you in that weight loss zone so that you can be making progress. And this has been huge for me because I don't always have the best mental health. I don't always feel good, like quite often, and I've kind of had to make peace with it. For those of you that don't know, like there's some stressful stuff in my life and with my family. My husband, Nick, has multiple sclerosis. Uh, it's hard. Like it's and there's been times that it, it there's times that it gets really really hard just dealing with the fact that the future is so uncertain for us as a family and seeing seeing someone that you love with a progressive condition it hits like it it really hits so there's there's times where I'm like I can't I feel like I can't cope in the same way that I want to and so having some comfort meals is huge for me because it means that my comfort meals are still so much better than me going and getting, and cheaper, <laughs> let's be honest, than me going and getting a pizza or my favorite Thai curry. It's, it's having a contingency plan and it's making allowances for the fact that I'm not operating at 100%. And I don't know if you listened to the last podcast episode I did where I talked about I want to be mediocre this year as a way to achieve more. And that's really just about not giving up. It's about doing the best that you can in the moment. And I see this so consistently with the people who get long-term success is that even in their worst moments, they're doing the best that they can. They're not giving up entirely. Even if it's just a little, little gesture, it's a little kind of step in the right direction. It changes the trajectory of your life because you're working towards progress instead of falling victim to that pull. You're actually taking a stand against it. So I think backup meals are huge for this. So having clearly defined habits and systems that are not dependent on changes. This is how we combat those subtle changes that are happening all the time. These are the ones, these are all really, really practical, but these are the things that I think should be clearly defined that I've seen time and time again are going to, if people do these things, then they will get consistent. Cooking without oil is the first one. Making a habit of just not cooking with oil is really, really easy to do. And so no matter what, no matter how I'm feeling, like no matter what's going on, no matter what I'm cooking, I do not cook with oil. I just don't use it. And I've figured out now, like that's just a non-negotiable. And so a very, very occasionally if I'm making something like pancakes, I'll put like a spray oil on the pan just to stop it sticking. Like that's the extent of it. And it's forced me to get creative about just cooking and having an entirely different system 
with how I cook. The second one is adding a ton of veggies to every meal. So this, the, what this means is that even if I'm having something that's more processed, even if I'm having something that's got more fat in it, that is higher in calories, I'm offsetting that because I've created a veggie eating habit. And so eating vegetables is one of the best things that you can do to lower your overall calories, which is going to get you into a calorie deficit, which is going to get you actually losing fat and, and burning fat so that you can get to that goal and so if no matter what no matter what you're eating veggies at every meal then you're going to be even if that is eating veggies with takeout pizza you're still going to be eating much less calories than if you would not do that so you're still making progress it's it's a safety net so I cannot recommend highly enough having a habit of eating a lot of vegetables every day and we do this in our program so in the program that we have lean of plants we've identified what are the key habits that people need to do that are moving them in this direction of creating these long-term changes and one of them is consistently eating a lot of vegetables thirdly is eating mostly whole foods and cooking with whole foods even when you do not when you do have environmental changes. So what I mean by that is no matter what, whether it is Christmas, whether you're wanting to eat a bit more decadent, whether you've got people coming over, whether you're leaving the house, you are endeavoring to eat mostly whole foods and you're cooking with mostly whole foods and finding creative ways to do this. And it's going to seem really arbitrary. And sometimes I struggle to 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 describe that some of these things that may seem arbitrary are actually so incredibly powerful because it shifts the way that we do things. It shifts the way that we think about it. It, it forces us to get creative. It forces us to forge new pathways in our brain. So let me give you an example. If I'm going to create pancakes, then there's, there's two ways I can do that. I can cook. I can go, this is a cheat meal. This is an off-plan meal. I'm going to use white flour. I'm going to use white sugar. I'm going to put oil in the pan or butter in the pan, vegan butter in the pan, and I'm going to make pancakes. And I'm going to have them with cream and sugar and all this stuff. And so that's that's a, that's if we think about this, you're trailblazing. And then you've got this force that's pulling you back. When you do that, you go, I'm no longer going to trailblaze. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to let this force grab me by the seat of my pants and just pull me back along the mud. Can you visualize that? I'm thinking El Dorado kind of style. We'll follow that trail. What trail? The trail we blaze. Anyway, <laughs> that's what we do. And even if it, even if the calories are the same as we, if we were to cook something with intention, it's not the same in terms of you creating habits and you creating change in your envi- environment and your life. So contrast that. This is what I do is I would try and create pancakes that I would use mostly whole foods. So instead of flour, I'm going to try, or just, you know, regular white flour, I'm going to blend up oats. Instead of sugar, I'm going to try and use dates, or I'm going to try and use banana. Instead of uh, oil, I'm going to cook that on a nonstick pan, or maybe use a tiny, the tiniest amount of spray oil. So for me, like, that's not really a weight loss meal. That's a higher calorie meal, but I haven't given up. I'm still I'm still making myself move in the direction that I want to go, which is I am someone who cooks in a way that is just 
different. So this is where you're creating clearly defined habits and systems that are not dependent on change. And that means that you're creating consistency for yourself in your worst moments. Because the problem, like I said, is that we flip in and out. And if you're in that kind of house of sticks situation right now, you probably flip in and out of good behaviors or positive behaviors that are getting you closer and negative ones that pull you back. And what you find is that on those days when you kind of cheat and you go, you know, I'm going to have the cookie. I'm going to cook the pancakes this way. I'm going to just you know, go all out on this meal, go all out when I go out to eat, is you find that that becomes a bit of a slippery slope. So combating that is by making a commitment and just getting creative with cooking with whole foods. I know it sounds so simple, but it really does change the game. So for me, what that looks like is even if I'm going to, you know, eat at someone else's house, uh, if I'm cooking for Christmas Day, I'm trying to do that. And you can actually create a lot of variety and a lot, lot of decadence with using whole foods. Like it's kind of amazing, but it's not giving up. These are my non-negotiables, right? And this is, this is just what I do most of the time. Snacking on fruit or having fruit always available. Fruit in New Zealand, I don't know what is going on with this country, but... It is really hard to get fruit at the moment. Even bananas are super expensive. There's just not a lot of fruit around. But having fruit as a snack is huge. And this is something that I've done in my entire weight loss journey is having that available so that you have something quick that you can snack on that is enjoyable, it's juicy, it's it's delicious. Not keeping trigger foods in your environment. This is a huge one. If you're being triggered by chips or chocolate or your kid snacks then you're putting yourself in a situation by choice and like yeah I get that that's hard I get that there's reasons that you're making that choice like I understand that but it is a choice that it's going to be much more difficult to stay consistent so if you make the choice and you you accept the consequences of getting that out, even if it's just a test, you're going to find it so much more easy to stay consistent. And so for, for this one, this is not as much of a uh, 100% for me, but I'm, I, I'm very aware that trigger foods in my environment are, are very unconducive to me staying consistent. They influence my behavior massively. So for the most part, I do try and keep them out. Uh, the other one is taking food with you so when you leave the house you actually bring food with you even if that's a token gesture even if that's just grabbing a banana and putting it in a bag the people that do this and the people that have this as a habit get consistent and they see huge results nextly is nextly i don't know if that's probably not a word next is having friends and family know where you stand on how you eat and it doesn't change if you're with those people or not so this is really about having hard conversations and it's about taking a stand on on you doing what you need to do to get to your goals and being okay with taking up space and people not understanding that and people and changing. And I see this with people where they will be really consistent in their home environment and then they go they go out with friends or family or they have friends and family come over and they, they cook them foods that they would never even eat. And I, I just feel, I really feel for these people that you, they feel like they have to do that. And this is, this, it's just really about giving ourselves permission to do the things that are in line with, with our goals and being okay with someone just not 
getting that. It doesn't matter if you've always cooked a certain cake for someone's birthday or you've always, you know, hosted and like cooked the turkey on Thanksgiving. It, it doesn't matter. You have the power. You have the ability to ring those people up and say, hey, you know what? I'm making some changes. Please don't bring cake into my house anymore. I love you, but please don't do that. You have the ability to tell your mother-in-law to not give your kids sweets or snacks. I'm not saying that that's easy, but I'm saying that you have the ability to define the rules of engagement in your environment, if that's your house, and how you interact with your friends and family. The important thing to understand about this is that you're not changing someone else, you're changing yourself. If that change in how you act affects someone else, but it is not causing them, like they still have the ability to change as well, like then that is not your responsibility, especially if you communicate that well in advance. If you normally do something and you're no longer going to do that, as long as you tell those people, hey, I'm not going to bring you bringing this food. I'm not going to be wanting this food in my house I am not going to be drinking at this event I do not want alcohol in my home as long as you tell people that then like they might be annoyed but that is not your responsibility and I wish I wish more people understood this and I it's going to take courage it's going to take vulnerability and I've been reading Brene Brown and she talks about um, I think she always talks about vulnerability like what the heck is vulnerability I don't really understand it is vulnerability just admitting all the things that you're scared about and talking about how terrible you are and having people know that you feel like a failure half the time, not talking from experience or anything like that, not talking about me, no, 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 but she actually defines vulnerability as not knowing the outcomes, it's when you're doing something and there's risk and you don't know how everything's going to go, like that's vulnerability where you're doing something anyway, you're doing what you believe is right and in line with your values and there it could fail. Like it, it will it fail at some time. It will annoy people, it will it will cause some pain or whatever. Like it's just it's a, a bit of an unknown. And I I I want to encourage you to have the courage and the bravery and the vulnerability to make some changes that are gonna annoy some people if they are right for you. I've spent way too long on this, but I think it's important. Uh, and then having consistent meals that you eat each week, we talked about this a little bit, five or so meals that you consistently eat, you consistently love, and then having foods that you consistently prep as well. So like I mentioned, I do potatoes and I cook them up while I'm prepping actual dinners or when I've got a you know a couple of minutes here and there waiting for lunch or something like that. It's not difficult, it doesn't take long, but it's consistent. There's pretty much always potatoes in my fridge and there's pretty much always things like packet rice and tins of beans as well, which in a pinch I can make up. Okay, we've still got some more points to go. This is getting really long. I'm going to try and speed it up. So next is having backup meals for when things get difficult. So this is about creating systems around internal changes like stress, emotions or grief or just happiness, anything like that. Backup plans for... Uh, when the crap hits the fan. So I have comfort meals 
remember my non-negotiables remember those consistent things that don't depend on that they still have a lot of vegetables and they're still mostly whole foods so you want to have about two to three backup meals that are a bit more decadent that you can eat when you don't want to eat the foods that are more weight loss optimized you want to have backup takeout foods that you can go to before you go to the worst option option so getting sushi is much better than getting a burger and fries eating whole foods with processed foods if you do so if you are going to get the pizza eat some potatoes with it eat some broccoli with it I know this sounds so wild but it works so incredibly well if you're going to do it literally the other day I was having the worst day ever and I Nick was like I'm going to order a pizza like we we had some time Oh, I just, I can tell you the situation. It's not even, oh, it feels bad. But we had these, we had an open home. We got, my mum and I, we cleaned up the whole house. Like we skipped church to do it. Nick and the girls went out. We cleaned up the entire house. We got everything ready for this open home. And we had one couple show up. And it was so demoralizing. This is our second open home. And I just was like, well, and there's a lot of other stuff going on, but it was, it was, I just felt really, really devastated. I was like, this is hopeless. We're never going to sell our house. No one's ever going to buy it. The market's just tanked in New Zealand. And so he, he, he ordered a pizza and we went to pick it up. But before we left and we're going to go sit in the park or something like that. And I was like, you know, what, I'm just going to throw together a bit of a salad. And because I had my food ready and I had my hyperfixation meal which is my chickpeas I just threw in some quick potatoes I think I actually even microwaved a potato I microwaved a potato I cut it up I put it in a container I had some a little bit of kale I had some uh, cucumber and some uh, shredded cabbage they were all ready to go and I put some tomato in there and some bottled lime juice that I chucked in with some salt and pepper a little bit of mashed avocado and my potato and my chickpeas and I just I, I took that so and then we picked up the pizza and I had a couple of slices and I mostly ate my salad. And it, it wasn't all or nothing. It was, I'm going to eat a little bit of this. I'm not going to beat myself up. It's not going to be a big deal. But you know what? I used to be able to eat two pizzas. <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. Like, on some of my worst days. And sometimes Nick and I look at each other and we're like, man, we used to buy like two pizzas. Like, like three pizzas between us and we'd eat like one and a half each, which sounds kind of crazy. It, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's embarrassing. I'm, I'm sure there's people listening that do this too. But it's just a change in how your behavior is. And, you know, the even weirder thing is that I actually enjoyed my salad more. But having that little bit of pizza with a food that helped me to feel full was kind of like it was just, it, it, it just kind of was what I needed in some ways it's like I wouldn't have been able to face the idea of just the salad but this idea that I was gonna have my salad there and then eat the pizza meant that what I actually did was so much better than what I intended to do and it removed the barrier to entry because I was thinking about the pizza while making the salad (laughs) and ended up eating the salad so it's hugely powerful right eating having takeout food and then actually eating whole foods with it. Uh, and this is just contingency plans. This is like, don't do this every day. But having meals that you can make really, really quickly, you do need to have some backup meals that you can throw together in five minutes or less. 
and I've got some recipes that do this which you can check out but most of the time it's going to require that there's some components in your fridge or that there's things that they're already cooked up ready to go so like I say packet rice frozen rice uh, beans like pre-cooked tins of beans or tins of lentils things that you can actually throw together because starches tend to take quite a long time to cook so if you've got this then you can make meals fast having desserts or treats then are better than what you'd normally again so trying to use whole foods to create some uh, desserts or treats when things are difficult because there's no point saying you know what I'm never ever going to have dessert again I'm going to stop eating after 7 p.m and I'm going to be perfect from now on and then the wind blows and circumstances change and you've got no motivation to do that anymore so instead of just making banana ice cream which maybe would be you know 100 or 200 calories and you would feel good for making that decision you eat a whole tub of Ben and Jerry's which is like 1600 calories and you feel absolutely terrible and you ruined everything so rather than the best of intentions that you don't do instead have things that you can do that are better in those moments when you're not fully powered up you're not at your, you're not on your game so you don't have to be perfect all the time and then making your cooking simpler and easier by making allowances so what I do is I buy as much pre-cut or pre-prepped food as I can it's not actually a lot here in New Zealand if I was in the States I would do a whole lot more I would always buy pre-cut up broccoli I would always buy shredded carrots and shredded cabbage um, I would pay the extra to do that. I would find other ways to make that work within my budget. Um, frozen rice, beans, pre-made hummus, pre-made sauces. Even if there is little bits of oil or there's some little bits of sugar or there's, there's things in there that are not ideal. It is so much better to use a pre-made hummus that has a little bit of oil and actually eat your salad than it is to go and just get chipotle because you didn't have your homemade hummus at home like do you understand what I'm getting at here like if you have to make allowances to stay consistent even if it's not as good as what you would want it to be it's better than the alternative lastly is accountability and this is where you want to create some kind of commitment device for yourself that keeps you going even when you don't want to and even when circumstances change because the pain of not doing it is too great so this could be so many different things uh, one of them is public declaration so telling your friends and family what you're doing making it public making it known uh, documenting your journey on social media when you're communicating what you're doing using language that defines who you want to become that's not just focused on behavior so here's an example instead of saying I'm trying to drink less. You say, I'm sober. Instead of saying, I'm trying to eat less meat, you say, I am vegan now, so I don't do that anymore. Instead of saying, oh, I have to do another diet. I can't eat that. You're saying, hey, I choose to eat differently for my health, and therefore I'm going to eat something else. Do you see how those things are different? When you make public declarations and everyone knows what you're doing, it's really hard to go back on that because now you're not a person of your word. Whereas if you don't tell anyone that you've changed, if you're trying to go vegan and not a single soul knows, when someone puts bacon on your plate, how likely are you going to eat it if you really want to eat it? And there's no reason why you wouldn't, right? 
Whereas if you have made that public declaration, you're like, you know what, I do not eat meat anymore because I'm going vegan and everyone knows that. It's going to be really, well, first of all, people aren't going to most likely give you things if they know, right? Or maybe they will if they're, if they're not very nice people, but they're, they're going to expect you to keep your commitments that you've just said, and you're going to expect that they are expecting that you keep your commitments. So I, I truly think that the fact that I talk about what I eat online and that I do this podcast and make YouTube videos and that I have this kind of public persona or public declaration of this is who I am. This is how I eat. I truly believe that that is a level of accountability for myself. But I've also done that in my social circles. And you can do that too. Even if it's on a, a much smaller scale. Having some kind of coaching. Or being in some kind of mentorship. Or some kind of program. Where you're upping the ante. You're putting more skin in the game. You've got accountability from someone else. And so we do this in multiple levels. Inside of my program. We've got one-on-one -on -one accountability. Uh, we've got um, small group accountability. Because accountability is huge. It's creating a system that so if we talk if you think about this idea of our normal systems and our normal environment that we're trying to escape from is what's kind of pulling us back and we're trying to blaze the way forward accountability is like someone pulling you forward when you don't want to so it's really really powerful so not only are we trying to create systems that make the pull less this is, and that's pretty much what this entire podcast has been about. Accountability is actually going to mean that when thing, when it, this perfect kind of culmination of making it easier to succeed, but also making it harder to fail because that, that person or that system is actually pulling you forward and pulling you towards those behaviors that you want to cultivate. And one of the things with this is daily weighing. And I know that some people are going to be not happy with me saying this and kind of triggered by it. I know a lot of people hate weighing themselves in the scales. That's a whole different issue because we put way too much weight. I don't know how else to say this. We put way too much uh, importance on what the scales say on a daily basis, which it does not matter. It is just data. It is just a sum of everything that is inside you, your poo, your water, your muscle, your fat, your organs, your eyeballs, your hair. Why do we put so much meaning onto what that number is? It is literally just a number. Over the long term, over months, it's a powerful measure of whether we're making progress. Day to day, it is just measuring normal human fluctuations. In saying that though, there is so much science and there is so much research around daily weighing being a huge accountability tool for weight maintenance. So if you get into that habit while you are losing weight, then what's going to happen is that if you start to veer off and you start to see those trends, or you start to see that trend upwards, then it's going to allow you to check that quicker. I have never met someone who has gone off plan for months or kind of thrown in the towel and gained significant weight when I say significant weight we're talking like more than five pounds right and I've never met someone who has done that and also been daily weighing it's one of those first habits to go when our habits start to slip because we don't want to know and we'd rather not know what the scales was doing 
So we use it as a tool where it's really satisfying for us while we're while we're doing everything right. But then as soon as that goes, then it's we don't we don't use it anymore. So it's not satisfying. So creating this as a daily habit, a non-negotiable, no matter what, I'm gonna hop on the scales every day. It's kind of crazy, but it actually works. So I really recommend it. And if you need more help being able to see the scales as just data, uh, I'd love you if you sent me a, a Instagram DM or send me an email or something because I can definitely talk about that because that's that's what we want to get to is we we don't don't want to be so uh, triggered or defined yeah like our happiness should definitely not depend on some kind of number on the scales like on a day-to-day basis it's so meaningless so just a quick recap on that we've got all of these little system changes and this they're so subtle routines and schedules and seasons internal changes external circumstance environment and slips and changes in habits and they all culminate in even when we're trying to move forward they can be enough to pull us back so we've got to be aware of them and we've got to create systems that combat them so we've got to create this house of bricks by clearly defining what our habits and systems are having them not dependent on changes. We've got to make our systems easy, obvious and satisfying so that we actually want to do them and find it easy to keep doing them. We've got to create these backup plans for when we're not fully charged up, we're not operating at our best so that we can still make progress in those moments or at least not fall back into old behaviors. And we need some kind of accountability that is pulling us forward, moving us in the right direction even when we don't want to. And when you do all of that, and you do that consistently and you focus on those things you cannot help but be successful when you do that you are brick by brick creating that house of bricks that over time becomes a lifestyle that is not only going to get you to your goal but is going to help you to maintain that for the rest of your life and my goal for you my hope for you my purpose for creating this podcast is so that you can create a system around food that in 80 years time you can say, you know what, I have not had to worry about that for the last 75, 80, however long it, however long it was that it actually took you to lose that. I, I haven't had to worry about this. And I've been able to get on with my life and focus on things that are so much more important than just this constant struggle that we tend to have as women with our weights and our bodies and trying to actually get our habits to the point where it leads us to being the kind of people we we know that we deserve to be and who we want to be. There is so much more once we once we do that, but it's going to require some real changes and some some things that we've got to change. So focus on the systems rather than try just trying to have more willpower. All right, so that's going to end here. This has been actually a really, really long podcast episode. So uh, hopefully it's not been boring for you. But even if it has, got it out there. So that's the main thing. All right. I will see you next week for another one. Bye.